Welcome to the Beers with a Miner podcast. My name is Mad Mumsy and I've been driving the huge dump trucks in Australian open cut mines for over 10 years now. I wish I had a dollar for everyone who said to me, how does a little thing like you drive those big trucks? Oh, you must be rich. How do I get a job doing that? This is what started the Mad Mumsy journey to share stories and tips from living a mining lifestyle and to let others know what it's really like. Not everyone is cut out to be a miner, but why not? What does it take to thrive and survive in this industry? Now, let's dig in. Get it? Dig? Mining? I crack me up. Welcome to an audio blog, which is a chat with just you and me. And this time, we actually have the ABC as well. So I'll insert an interview that I did recently, which is one of the reasons that inspired me to do an audio blog. I haven't done one for ages. A bit of a rant, I suppose, (laughs) and a catch up. I had an email from our good friend, Woody, who was on the podcast, and I shall share the link to his episode in the show notes, which can be found at madmumsy.com forward slash beers 76. And um, yeah, he just is in lockdown down in Melbourne. Sorry to hear that, my friend. We're thinking of you. I'm up here in central Queensland and at the moment with the COVID, we're pretty okay, but you just never know when it's coming your way. So hang in there, my friend, and thank you for inspiring me to get off my butt and actually record an episode because you said you've been waiting. (laughs) Um, I've come close a few times. I have some really good interviews lined up, but I have been pretty crook probably for oh, nearly a couple of months, really. Just not COVID, but a, a chest infection with a niggling cough that just will not go away. Well, that's what it is now, but before that, it was just really crap. (laughs) So even when I did my interview with the ABC, I said, I can do it so long as you can edit out my coughs, and I'll be doing a bit of that in this episode, no doubt. They tend to come along when I get excited, or if someone hugs me too hard. Here comes one now. So let's kick it off with sharing the audio file that uh, the lovely Melanie from ABC Tropical North sent me the replay and it aired on the ABC Radio Queensland Country Hour. I heard it on the Rural Report at 6.15 in the morning and my daughter and I were sitting in bed listening, having a cuppa and um, (laughs) she said, oh my God, mum, you sound terrible. I was devastated. I thought I sounded better than that and that is like my voice at its best at that time and hopefully as you're listening to this it's a little bit better than this upcoming audio which is all about mining inquiries and I'll share it with you so I won't you know reinvent what I already said or repeat but I would like to thank my sister my blister, my fellow steel cap sister, hard hat mentor, because she helped me to reframe my thoughts around mining inquiries. I've done a couple of episodes on them now, and there was another one going on over in WA, 
and she'd put a post on LinkedIn about it. And I was coming at it with the frame, the mindset, the boots, <laughs> what boots is what we talk about. So the boots I had on was another bloody inquiry. They have these inquiries and um, work out all the outcomes and solutions that should be enacted to change whatever the inquiry was about, but not much changes. And then a few years later, they have another inquiry into the same thing. So it pisses me off. And you know that if you've been listening to my podcast. But what my sister said that really made sense was that it helps to spotlight the concern, the issue, the problem, and it gets everyone to sit up and think. So what was happening over in WA was, and still is actually, as I record this at the end of July 2021, an inquiry into sexual harassment in the mines over there, sexual harassment against women. But it goes a lot deeper, and I'll read that to you in a sec, what they want to consider during this. But even before the inquiry started and they just made an announcement, many of the mining companies were looking and enacting and changing their policy on how many drinks you can have at camp. So instead of being unlimited, like many of them, you still have to go to work and be zero. But, you know, you could still have a few drinks at night or too many. But this is all to help with the safety of people in camp because sadly there's been a couple of rapes over there. And actually we did have one here. You know, how many times does it happen and it doesn't make the media or a government inquiry So that's what they are looking into. But even before it happened, the inquiry, the big companies over there were changing their drinking policy and they were cutting it down to you can only have four beers per day, even at the wet mess. I've been on camps where you can have three takeaways, but you could stay at the wet mess, you know, the bar, for those who don't know what a wet mess is, and you can just keep drinking and get blind and stagger home. You might not have to go to work tomorrow. You might be on break or it might be pyjama day. So they're even changing that. So that helped me to reframe it. And then I got this phone call to have a chat about an inquiry we're having here, which is all about, I'm thinking I didn't read that out, did I? (laughs) I'll read that out to you now. Um, But our inquiry is about job Uh, security. So contract labour hire. And that's what I talk about in this audio. But just going back to the one in WA, I'll just read you the terms of reference. So it's going very deep in a lot of places. So it'd be interesting to see how they put all this together in outcomes and changes. These are the things they want them to consider. Is there a clear understanding of the prevalence, nature, outcomes and reporting of sexual harassment in FIFO workplaces? Do existing workplace characteristics and practices, including but not limited to workplace cultures, rosters, drug and alcohol policies and recruitment practices adequately protect against sexual harassment? And finally, oh no, there's one more. 
Are current legislation, regulations, policies and practices adequate for FIFO workplaces in Western Australia? And finally, what actions are being taken by industry and government to improve the situation and are there any examples of good practice? Are there any examples of good practice? So I'll bet there's plenty of (laughs) mining executives that will get up there and say how great they are. And then we'll see what the workers actually say. So this is what I speak about in the ABC is use the inquiry as a time to speak up and get your voice heard. We all have a whinge about things, but inquiries, they really want us to do it. And these were virtual. They were meant to be coming up here. This And it's a federal inquiry, this one, not state, into job security and it wasn't just mining but that's what they spoke to me about so I shall insert that now. Virtual hearings on labour hire in coal mining in the Bowen Basin have started. During yesterday's session one of the largest labour hire companies in Australia, One Key, confirmed that just 10% of the employees they provide are permanent. Ex-coal miner Leanne Drew explains to Milgroves why she thinks it's really important that people uh, uh, make submissions on this topic. If you've got an opportunity to share what's going on and how things change or affect your world, I think it's really good to speak up. We've seen a few people on the news saying things and um, and in the paper, and now this is an opportunity to say it in a way that will count. Hopefully. And, you know, I've, I've had a few rants <laughs> with you, actually, <laughs> over another bloody inquiry. But recently I started thinking, well, at least an inquiry spotlights the issue again, gets people talking about it, gets people thinking about it and, what you know, what can be changed. Being virtual, I'm assuming that's how you then could make your own submission as well. And I'd like to encourage everyone that is, well, <laughs> you know, Let's face it, we're pissed off with this labour hire, contract labour hire. It's been going on way too long. It's been spoken about all too often. And we we really need to do something at another level to make change. And this is another level. This is federal government. So let's see if we can get our voices heard. It is something that we have discussed before. We've gone over it before. But tell me, what are some of the impacts that you've seen personally from people being hired on a casual basis on contracts rather than as, say, permanent staff? Well, the biggest overarching one probably is you just don't have that job security. You could get told at the drop of the hat, sorry, don't come back for your next swing. And they don't even have to tell you why. And then there's all the trickle-down effects of it as well, like, going to a bank to try and buy a house. You haven't got that permanent... Yes, some people have been labour hire, contract labour hire, for five years, longer even. And it's just getting, you know, that's ridiculous. You need permanent, you need a shirt. And now a lot of... Some of the contract labour hires are making it look like you're getting a shirt, but you're getting a shirt with them. You don't get holidays and sick days. And if there's a, say the company that you're working for aren't doing the right thing by the client, which is the big mining company, so your labour hire company, they might get ousted, (laughs) get the boot, and they'll put in another labour hire company. And I've seen that. And sometimes they will just let you jump over to the other mob and wear a different coloured shirt. 
but that's not always the case. Sometimes they'll bring other people with them. Also, the big issue, and this came out a lot in that other inquiry into the explosion at Grosvenor, was about contractors being less likely to speak up and verbalise issues, hazards, things that they don't think are right for fear of uh, losing their job. And the big companies, a lot of times they'll say, oh, no, 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 we, no that, that doesn't happen. But old mate at pre-start, contractor, speaks up about something. The mining company aren't happy about it or the supervisor or whoever. Next minute, he's not here anymore. He got told, oh, no, your job's no longer, or she, your job is no longer available. And they don't have to say why they, basically why you got fired or put off. But everyone on crew knows or thinks that, well, they did park that truck up because they thought it wasn't safe. Or they did shut the pit down because it was too dusty. So we, we have to speak up, you know, and a government inquiry like this, especially at a federal level, it has to help. At least put the spotlight on it. And then the next level, of course, after they have an inquiry, is they have all these outcomes and changes that should be happening, but are they enacted on? And that's where I get frustrated with inquiries because a lot of times they might not be, you know? Like, no shit, Cheryl, we know that. You know that. You said that four years ago at the last inquiry, but things still aren't changing. But in addition to that... Do you see, is there still a place for, for casual employees on the mine site? I think back when I started, back in the day, <laughs> 180 years ago, I started as contract labour hire and I did my six months, 12 months, actually. Well, at the time, they were saying, if you just come do a few months labour hire and then you'll get on and get a shirt, you know, and it was always a big, a big deal about who were, who were going to be the next ones to get picked. So I can see its place for short term when you first start and then with the view to be getting on permanent. So interesting to hear from you, Leanne Drew, an ex-coal miner, talking about casualisation in that industry. So there you have it. Bit of a rant and it went on a bit longer, but they cut out some bits and they always do a pretty good job at picking out the important parts of what I had to say and of course they removed my coughs. (laughs) I was a little bit disappointed they didn't mention the podcast or that it's mad mumsy but anyway. Thank you ABC. (laughs) Oh and the picture that they used in the because they always do an article to go on their blog which goes everywhere and the picture they used was a really old one where they come and interviewed me when I was back up in my shed and it's terrible. It shows all these wrinkles and it's disgusting. I look a hell of a lot worse then than I do now and, I've, and I was sick. So <laughs> mind you, when you use uh, Zoom, you can touch up your appearance and when you're doing an interview or doing a recording on video – you can smooth that skin out. So maybe I just don't ever look in the mirror. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think that covers the inquiries. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. Always feel free to hit me up. Hello at madmumsy.com. Now for a word from our sponsor, Julia Hartman and the Bantax Accounting Group. If you head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners, that's B-A-N-T-A-C-S, 
You can download a free booklet all just for us miners. And there's also a spreadsheet in there that helps you check off what tools you have for your trade, like your isolation lock, work boots, seven shirts, all of these sorts of things. And you can weigh them up and it'll tell you if you qualify weight-wise to claim your trips out to work. I strongly urge you to head to bantax.com.au forward slash miners and tell them Mad Mumsy sent you. Moving on, I want to also talk about um, (laughs) my plans. I was right now meant to be over in WA, Western Australia, with my sister recording heaps of our What Boot podcast, What Boots podcast episodes, and what's that? You didn't know I had another podcast? Yeah, with my sister, Steel Cap Sisters. So yeah, search for What Boots. We've got three big, massive episodes, <laughs> but due to COVID and me being sick, and I couldn't get the jab, so because I was sick. Um, I have rescheduled for next week, but then that'll only be one. And then everything just went to shit even worse with COVID. So, you know, we don't want to, um, I don't want to, I'm choosing not to bring it back here to my mum. Love you, mum. And also I don't want to get it and give it to others, but I don't want to get it for myself because of my chest. So, my sister keeps saying, I'm high risk, like me. I'm like, oh, but I'm young. <laughs> Just ask me, I'll tell you. So anyway, we didn't go. I was going to have a few meetups over there and catch up with some people that have been on the podcast and I've only met them virtually. So we were going to have a meetup in Perth and stay the night and probably have another one in Mandurah as well because there's a few people we know who live there. So we didn't do that. So I stayed home and got sick, stayed sick instead. But anyway, here I am. I am back, baby. And I've been connecting with people a lot lately who are really still trying to get their foot in the door of mining. And so I have chosen to create a a bonus and... It's a paid bonus. Oh, look at me charge for something, right? <laughs> I had a bit of coaching last year and, you know, you do offer value, so you are allowed to charge for some things. And it's taken me a long time to get my head around that. So my passion is really about helping people who want to get into minds know what they're in for or they might have just started or they've just got a start date And I really want them to be prepared and set up for success so that they stay in mining a lot longer. You know, I've got a whole episode about five newbies I know and why they quit. And just this week in a social media group, I saw a lady who got her start, took her nearly two years to get a job, got out there, lasted a couple of weeks, just couldn't hack the mentality of the guys she was working with. And so she left. She looks like she has managed to get into a better place, so that's really good for her. But I feel like by knowing more about the situation in camp life, you know, choosing your uniforms, um, travelling, 
you know, write down little things like the laundry etiquette. <laughs> um, what I want to do is help them to, or you, reduce the um, the overwhelm that comes when you first get a job in mining. You old timers have probably forgotten what it's like, right? But there's so much that is about to change. And so by reducing their overwhelm, of not knowing and fear and frustration about what they're going into and some of the onboarding by the, uh, not always just contractors, I guess, but most of what the ones that I see are, they're just getting told, go for a medical. This was a lady the other day in a group. She got told, go for a medical, so she thought, oh, I must have got the job. Um, did her medical, never heard back if she was successful in the medical, like if she passed. And then she got told to go and, yeah, that's right. And then she got told to go and choose her uniforms or to order her uniforms. And then she got her flight details. And that was it. And I mean, actually, she's the one who was saying, and then she got out there and it was shit. And I'm like, well, <laughs> kind of a no-shit Cheryl situation, right? Look at the onboarding and the start. They didn't tell her anything. She was going in blind. So that is my passion now is to really help people to know more about it. And I don't profess to know everything. No one ever does. And I haven't been to every site and every situation and I haven't worked in every role either. So what I've done is I have set up a little bonus package and you get my audiobook and ebook for pounds about pouncing on your mining job. So that is something that I've had for quite a few years now to help people to stop the Google hunt and the Google search and know where to start and should they do a course and are they too old and is it right for their family, what to expect at inductions and interviews and all sorts of things like that. We talk about Standard 11 and Cobalt Medicals and a lot of this can be used across the board in other states. So I have a free version of that and there's nearly 800 people who have gone through it but I'm now adding that that's not the that's just a course right that's not the audiobook as well so the audiobook is me reading it and I do go on a couple of tangents and rants which is a bit funny and I have to tell myself to get back to reading <laughs> but they get extra value and they also get the course content in one PDF guide or ebook that they can go through. So they still get to see all the pictures and they can click on the links that I share and stuff like that. I sell that on its own for $27. So if you want that, just head to mining.teachable.com. But what I've done in the last couple of weeks is for $47, you can also come along to my Facebook group, a private community where there's no bullying, there's no stupid questions, and there are other people in there as well who I'm calling Mad Mumsy's experts who are uh, like Mad Baz, trainer assessor, and a bloody legend, right? He's in there helping people. We've got Danny Atamate. She is our WA recruitment and HR specialist. 
We also have Mel from New South Wales, who's our New South Wales guru. <laughs> hi, Mel. And hi, Danny. And hi, Baz. Um, of course, my sister, Hard Hat Mentor, and there's a few more people coming on board. So, But the big part of it is the live Zoom calls that we're having where it's a Q&A with me. So we've done one so far. We did it on Saturday night, which was great. And there were a few of us on there. And um, the one-hour session turned into two and a half hours of gold <laughs> dripping from the ceiling. It was a lot of fun. And you know me, I love to talk to people and help them. So there were lots of great questions and it was really good and we had a lady from WA who actually works in the mines but not in the role that she wants so she's not a dump truck operator which is her dream job but um, she came in halfway through and she had her high vis on and and actually gave us a, a tour of her donger which is great and that was really good for the other people that were on so I'm building a real community and I want people to go in like an undercover newbie. Yes, I'm a newbie, but I know a bit more than you might think. <laughs> and that way you can focus your and channel your energy into taking in your training and doing all your miles and miles of paperwork that you don't even know is coming. So I have that little bonus set up there and that's $47 and lifetime access into that group. So there's a few people signing up for that and it's my passion and I'm loving it. So that's what we're doing there. And it's really good to see at the moment that there's quite a few traineeships and newbie roles, apprenticeships going. Um, it's, it's really good to see that even though some sites are going what are they called, you know, with the robot trucks, virtual, not quite the right word, autonomous. <laughs> I knew it had come to me. I'm not having a beer today. I'm having coffee, so perhaps that's my problem, but it is early. So even though there are autonomous trucks and uh, dozers, I know there's a driller coming. I don't know if that's actually happening. I was watching a video the other day and there was a digger loading a truck, um, like the truck backed in and then he's loading it. It wasn't digger actually, it was a shovel, big cat shovel. And then there was a dozer up the top feeding him the cream. I must say it was rice bubbles, not wheat bix. I'd love to know how they go with that. But in the comments, it said that the um, – oh, because they had a, a – what was the tagline? Spot the spot the truck operator. I'm like, what is this operator doing? I was thinking, is it, you know, hanging out the door while he's backing in or something, bloody cowboy? But no, there wasn't one. I'm like, oh, well, right. It was an autonomous truck. So the shovel didn't have any cones hanging down for – visually lining up in the right spot because it just knows but the shovel operator was a real person and the dozer and the truck were not so that was quite fascinating and I could have watched it all day actually you know scoop load scoop load 
you clown. <laughs> so, yes, lots of traineeships and apprenticeships are going. So have a look around. Check out your mining jobs on um, Facebook. Go to Seek and make sure you, like, put in the mining keywords. So uh, no experience, new starter, traineeship, clean skin, mining, dump truck operator, things like that. And they will I, – I got an email just yesterday from Carmichael Jobs, actually, and they – I must have um, put in there some keywords and they sent me an email of all these jobs that are available. So if you go to carmichaeljobs.com, I think it is, um, I'll leave a link in the show notes, madmumsy.com forward slash beers 76. And – Yeah, there were cleaners, all sorts of things. So have a look at that. I really have one more thing that I want to share with you before we say goodbye. And I want to honour a lost miner that many of you listening will know, especially if I've worked with you here in central Queensland. Um, His name was Cobber and... Many also know him as his real name, Ray Rogers. And I can say this because it's publicly known. He was working at Goonyella here in central Queensland. And sadly, he had a heart attack and passed away on site. And went out to work and just didn't come home to his family, his friends, his um, his mates. And... It hit hard to a lot of us here because personally I worked with Cobber when I first started in mining in Queensland and that was around 2004 and he was on the service car and he's an amazing fellow. He looked like Cat Weasel. That's how, you know, the best way to describe him, he had this long beard, big smile, gorgeous eyes and just a warm, lovely human who would always brighten your day and have a story. He was really known for his stories and you never knew what he was going to talk to you about while he was fueling up your truck or putting oil in because you'd done a hose in your loader or something and just a top bloke and he also used to visit some good friends of mine who live locally so I'd run into him on and off over the years and not in mining, just, you know, kicking back down by the river, having a beer. So it was very sad to hear firstly that someone had passed away in a mine. We didn't know if it was an incident and then they were saying it was a medical emergency and um, we can really relate to that because of what happened to my daughter's partner, Big T, Tony, when he too had a heart attack at the bottom of a coal mine, didn't come home. So really, um, we can really relate to how the family are feeling and um, there were some things that were shared by the media. That's why it's always good for me anyway and my sister, we've spoken about this, um, is to just wait 
and get the facts. We're not reporters, but we are humans who really want to know what happened as well. And then to find out that it was someone that you know. And then people messaging, like my old supervisor, I haven't heard from him for years, except every now and again on Facebook. And he messaged me and he said, what was that? Was that really Cobber, our Cobber? Yeah, our Cobber, mate. So his funeral is um, on Wednesday next week here in Mackay. It's now, what day is it? Oh, it's Friday. So not long. Um, And I'm going to make sure no matter what, I'm there. And, um, you know, COVID permitting. Let's hope they don't back it down to 10, but I know we'll be somewhere having a beer for you, mate. So I just wanted to share that with you and for everyone to stay safe out there and look after your health and just live for today, you know, um, hug the ones that you love because you just never know when it's, when it's done. I really wish I was having a beer now. Hang on. Cheers, Cobber. Okay, so um, just finishing up, I would like to let you know that I do have some good interview interview guests lined up for you. It, we haven't got them locked in yet. I've been waiting for myself. Um, I've been waiting to get my bloody voice back, you know. I've had to cancel quite a few times on people and I apologise for that. So... They are coming. Watch this space. And I think I might do a few more audio blogs where I just chat with you so we can keep it regular. It was funny. There was a, I don't know, some podcast review, something or other, and they shared the top five mining podcasts to listen to in Australia. And... um I made the list, which was great. Thank you to those people. Um, And next to it said how regular they are. And mine said quarterly, which is every three months. I was like, you fucking serious? Bullshit. (laughs) But when you average it out, you know, 76 episodes since 2016, I guess it's uh, a bit of up and down, isn't it? So I'm going to do my best to endeavour to do some more because I love it. I really do just life gets in the way you know sometimes as I'm sure you're aware and I'm not going anywhere I'm still here come say hello go to mining.teachable.com if you're interested in the online resources and the um, especially if you are keen for that bonus I'm going to add that in there at the moment it's just on the thank you page for the freebie people so (laughs) yes that will be there by the time you get there I'm doing that today um yeah stay safe be real be special and have fun for we only live once